Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You can feel the passion, the emotion. And Dortmund against all the odds are European champions. Hey BBB fans, welcome to Believe in Borussia, episode number 43 on the eve of one of the biggest domestic games in years. I am talking of course about the Classica and yes, I said it, I actually don't mind it as much. Yes, some people find it very cringe, whatever, live and let live, Bayern versus Dortmund, Dortmund versus Bayern, Borussia versus the Bavarians. It's the game of the season and maybe even the game of the decade in the Bundesliga because if things fall our way, we might have finally a new champion again. But I'm getting a little ahead of myself, so let's look at some of the injury reports. What are we looking at? Obviously, there was a big change on the bench at Bayern Munich. I am hyped. I can't wait. Let's dive into it and get you all prepared and ready for Borussia Dortmund versus Bayern Munich. But before I hype you up even further, just a quick word from our sponsor, BetOnline, who remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season from pro to college basketball, obviously March Madness still going on, UFC, MMA, more, whatever you want. You'll find the latest odds, team matchup infos, player news, game trends, and so on and so forth on BetOnline. So head to the website or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure you use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. Bayern Munich vs Borussia Dortmund. What feels like the eternal classica of German football. And yes, it hasn't always been, which is obviously due to the different, well, let's say, historical trajectory of both clubs. Um... But unless you're 70 years old and have been following the Bundesliga since its inception, you will certainly know and feel that this is the biggest game, and as a Dortmund fan, the biggest game outside of the Derby in the German league. And if you're not a Dortmund fan, and if you're most likely also not a Bayern fan, you will probably feel the same way because who likes to see one team win it over and over again? I mean, there's a whole generation of Dortmund fans, and there's probably especially, you know, on an English-speaking podcast geared towards an American audience. We're talking pretty much first-generation Dortmund fans across the board, Borussia fans everywhere, and, and they don't know a different state. Maybe some of y'all remember the golden years on the club. Maybe that's what brought you here, brought you in. But there's also quite a few that sort of miss those or only know those from YouTube videos or, you know, hearsay. And they've watched nothing but Bayern Munich win the leagues. Think about it. Even in Germany, there's kids that grow up, even if they're 14 years old, because when they're two or three, who remembers what wins what? So maybe even 16 years old that have not basically a cognitive memory of anyone else but Bayern Munich being German champion. So with the recency bias that we have, first of all, this becomes this type of classica, which 
To be fair, I wasn't in the beginning because in the beginning, Bayern wasn't even in the Bundesliga. A lot of people still don't know that. Yes, Bayern Munich was not a founding member of the Bundesliga. That honor went to 1860 Munich, who at that time was considered the bigger club. But um, digressing here a little bit, back to now, Bayern Dortmund seems so large because of this unprecedented run that Bayern Munich has had in the league and then by extension over Dortmund, winning 10 titles in a row. That has never happened before in German football. The longest winning streak in German soccer prior to this is three. Three titles in a row. That was the max. Then came the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, the seventh. Fast forward to 2023 and here we are. So I don't think I can exaggerate or overemphasize how important this game potentially is not only for Borussia Dortmund but for the German league as a whole and while the last couple of games weren't exactly going to plan to uh, be nice about it um, actually let's just skate right through it because there's no way to slice and dice it to make it seem anything but an absolute crap show Um, the last eight games in Munich were all defeats um, to the tune of 6 to 33 goals uh, conceived. So pretty much one slap in the face after another. A little bit more competitive the last couple of years, but it ultimately doesn't matter. It's still a loss, a loss, a loss. The last time we won in Munich was in 2014, a 3-0 victory. And the goal scorer will... Uh, Jonas Hoffmann, who apparently has a notch uh, scoring against Bayern. That's, yeah, um, he brought that right over to Gladbach. Um, Henrik Mikitarian, remember him? And then, of course, yours truly, Marco Reus. So um, every series has come has to come to an end. Maybe that's the overarching theme of this weekend, not just towards the league, but even to this very series. And yeah, that's sort of, I guess, what we're all hoping for. Um, it's a weird situation to be in um, because if you're anything like me, you probably also have become a little skeptical over the last couple of years, and you hope, but um, maybe that skepticism has even turned into a cynical side of you, and it's hard to sort of embrace that opportunity. But at the same time, and we can all read the table, and Borussia Dortmund is on top, and Bayern is not. And that is what it says. Well, in order to perform there, um, for both teams, they both need their squads together, so... Yeah, um, I think we should look at some of the injuries um, pertaining to both clubs. And I guess for Bayern Munich, the most important two names that were under question, you know, from the starting 11, Agoretzka and Musiala, um, both were practicing. Goretzka uh, sprained his ankle or rolled his ankle during a game um, in, at the international break uh, with Germany. Musiala tore um, a muscle. So... My guess would be that Goretzka starts. I mean, he said as much. He said he would be ready for Saturday um, a couple of days ago, which to me means he wants to start or is able to start. I think Musiala with a torn muscle might be a bit of a different story. It's hard to tape up a torn muscle. Um, so he might be coming off the bench, but who knows? Maybe Tuchel's bold and throws him in. And that's really it. I mean, there's a couple of other like Tell or whoever, but I don't think that's really going to be the difference maker. Um... Obviously, Manuel Neuer is still out, so there's that. Um, but yeah, Borussia Dortmund, on the other hand, limped into the international break, needing it desperately because um, at that time, 
Players Out were Karim Adiemi, Gregor Kobel, Yusufa Mukoko, Julian Brandt, and then Schlotterbeck injured himself also in the first game uh, on the international break. So that's pretty much half the starting 11 right there, potentially. Um, so on the bright side, good news is that Karim, Gregor Kobel, Brandt, and Schlotti will likely be ready for Saturday. And I think that's big, not just as a Dortmund fan, but you don't want to see a game like this and then don't have the strongest possible team square off against each other. It's just not what you want, right? It's I mean you don't want you wouldn't want to go to a Formula One race and then see regular sedans race each other. Um because you want to see the fastest and, and best tuned cars. And I want to see our most potent and best tuned 11. Obviously they still might have um yeah a little rust or might not be completely fit but from what i'm hearing they've been practicing and they actually i'm pretty sure a few of them will actually make the starting 11 gregor kobel said as much that he's ready ready um he passed on playing for switzerland or even traveling with them which is great for us um brand i hope is back too schlotterbeck um i think he's a tough guy he will grit his teeth and and suit up Kareem that might be also down to tactical evaluations I mean we have a little more a few more options especially if Brandt is also coming back and then even Yusufa Mokuku apparently might at least make the bench which I think would be important because it was slim pickings the last couple of games um, up top um, against Cologne Dortmund bounced back but you know the games before especially the derby uh, when Haller wasn't really um Yeah, being able to contribute a lot and we wouldn't we weren't finding him. There was very few other looks we could offer and it was enough for a pretty dire but you know battling team like Schalke um to keep us at bay. So we do need the options, we do need all these players back and um having somebody else then yeah, uh Antino Modest on the bench to be a potential scoring threat is definitely great and i mean to be fair modest and mokuk were the two protagonists that scored in that um, i don't know if it's famous but definitely in that remarkable 2-2 comeback last uh october was it yeah on october so if you recall or if you don't um we were behind and then uh modest came on and uh or did he actually start i don't know but he definitely i think he came on um, he assisted on the first goal. Basically, he was sent and pulled the ball back and uh, played it back into the path of Mukuku, who then whipped it in um, from maybe 12, 13 yards out. And then I think the uh, the equalizer in extra time um, on an assist by Schlotterbeck, who scraped the ball of the goal line, well, of the um, uh, far line to prevent it going... Uh, I don't know if it would have been a corner. Probably not. That's why he scraped it. Sends it across the box flying. And then at the far post, Anthony Modest was waiting to head it inside um, and sent the Westfalen Stadion into a frenzy, including Oliver Kahn, who, uh, you know, meme-like bounced his hands off the rail. Beautiful all around. Um, so, yeah, they are options. They know how it feels like. They know they can score against these guys. I'd rather have it that way than another way. So, other than that, um, who was out? 
I guess the trip itself for the German team wasn't that pleasant. I mean, they won against Peru, then they lost against Belgium and played an awful first half um, that resulted in a double substitution in the 32nd minute already. Also sort of injury-induced, but also tactical. Um, and actually, Emrod Chan came on, and he's pretty much the only player from that game that can feel somewhat like a winner because all the pundits across Germany and I think every uh, viewer that watched the game could agree that Emre was actually making a difference, um, supplying support uh, to the defense, which already had conceded two goals and could have been down even further um, after only 30 minutes at home. So he was a great stabilizer, brought energy, brought spirit, brought fight and that's kind of great to see um, because Goretzka didn't <laughs> and then again he got stopped. Kimmich also looked out of sorts. So I don't want to, you know, interpret too deeply or here like use my uh, my eight ball. But I think it's fair to say that that wasn't an exactly pleasant trip for the Bayern players either. So they come out of, you know, the league with a loss of Leverkusen having seeded um, the top spot in the league. And then usually back in the days, you know, national team was just a feel-good oasis. You, you know, go there, hang out with your mates, play some successful games, obviously win, you know, beat up on somebody, six-something, or at least, you know, a presentable result against a good opponent. And get some self-esteem, different thoughts, and then come back and kind of like apply it in the league and... I think it's safe to say that nobody was really pleased with the result and probably also with their performance. So, yeah. Um, outside again, Andre Chan, who showed that his uptake and form for Borussia Dortmund isn't a fluke and that he is definitely a candidate to be a regular for the German national team if he plays the way he's been playing. And he showed a confidence and maturity there in the press conference as well. Uh, where he said that he has always been in touch with uh, Hansi Flick, the German national team coach, but obviously was also disappointed that he didn't make the World Cup squad. But also that he realized why, that he wasn't playing enough. And when he was playing, he wasn't playing good enough. And this sort of humble pie combined with the with the aggressiveness and, and the, the confidence in... in, in asserting certain goals and, and, and establishing myself back as a player makes me really hopeful um, because we need everyone in top form and Emre has, a big, has been a big part of Dortmund being on this run of 28 points out of 30 of nine wins and one tie in the last 10 games in the league and we want that to continue and yes I kind of like digressed maybe a little bit on the Emre Chan topic. But again, he's a super important player. We talked about him a little bit on the uh, previous uh, podcast as well. And yeah, I don't want to grasp for straws here. But I think it is important that he probably was able to up, and up his confidence and, and, and boost his moral while so many other players probably didn't. The biggest change, nonetheless, for this game was not on the pitch, but off the pitch. Julian Nagelsmann got sacked and Thomas Tuchel, the former Borussia Dortmund coach, the 
who won the cup with Borussia Dortmund, which I think was actually his first proper title as a coach in 2017, is now heading the dark side. The Empire, the Death Star, whatever you want to call it. And if you like the Empire and the Death Star, then pick something else. Um, yeah, he's over there. And obviously there was a ton of chatter about it. There were many people um, reacting in all sorts of ways. And from the Dortmund camp, I feel I heard at least a lot of thoughts that evolved around, oh, now they're really trying to get to us as a reaction to Borussia Dortmund going into the numbers, no, number one spot and Bayern feeling they need to warn up us. I, quite frankly, do not believe that's what happened. Of course, Bayern Munich wants to beat Borussia Dortmund. They want to beat everyone, just like we should. Yes, they want to probably beat Borussia Dortmund a little more just because we're the noisy neighbors or whatever, the, um, the measuring stick, the domestic measuring stick. But I don't think losing the league or losing to Borussia Dortmund after whipping them eight times in a row away, after winning the league 10 years in a row, is really the the trigger here. I think it's much more simple. Bayern Munich wanted Tuchel. Tuchel didn't want to wait. So Nagelsmann was a casualty. And I think that's all there was. Yes, Thomas Tuchel said it wasn't like that. But he also said in the very same press conference that he couldn't wait the last time because of PSG. So go figure. Maybe he didn't say anything to Bayern. Maybe it was sort of implied through his camp. Maybe Bayern just knew, hey, the last time we wanted this guy, we waited too long. Then he went to Paris, and here we are five years later. Either way, I think that has an impact, and I think that's more behind this than anything else. Because all the other reasoning that you know we heard over the last couple of days doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. Bayern boss, Heiner, back Julian Nagelsmann, as the long-term project, a long-term coach, just a week before kicking him out. Okay, the interview was released a week before. Maybe he gave it a couple of days prior to that. But within a few days, he was saying, Nagelsmann is our guy. We're so happy with him. Yada, yada, yada. Backed him. I mean, he could have just said nothing. He could have, yep, Nagelsmann, you know, Julian is a great coach. He's learning. Um, we always evaluate everybody on their current output. Da, da, da. No, you know, he made it a point to say how happy they are with Nagelsmann and how they're trying to build something. Fast forward to the Leverkusen game and he's gone. Brazo said, so that's um, Hasan Salihamidzic, uh, colloquially called Brasso in Germany by his nickname, um, who's a sporting director. He said that they were trying to back him until the very last second. Okay then what changed? Because at the same press conference, they were also saying that on the one hand, it's been an ongoing development and they were trending into the wrong direction and so on and so forth. So then on the other hand, you're saying you never wavered and you backed him until the last second. It just doesn't make much sense. And if you look just at the facts, it makes even less sense to me. Yes, they looked a little more vulnerable in the league, which, considering there was a weird-ass World Cup in the middle of the winter, um, and you've been winning the league for 10 years straight, maybe there isn't the same sense of urgency, maybe is isn't the same rhythm. But other than that, they're 6-for-6 six six in the Champions League. They mopped the floor with their group with 
who they had by uh, Inter, I think, and Barcelona. Uh, they went also a tidy two for two against the Oil All Stars from Paris. They're still in a domestic cup. They're one point behind us in the league. That's like the first time they're not in first place probably for months. And if that's the benchmark for letting coaches go for going into the wrong direction, then then even Pep Guardiola is out of a job. Jurgen Klopp is out of a job. Xavi is out of a job. No one can do all that. Yes, they've looked not so convincingly against teams they should beat. And if you're a Borussia Dortmund fan, you very much can relate to that problem. But again, in the big scheme of things, they're still way in the running with everything. And if you are actually convinced that your very young, in their in his 30s coach is the guy, um, or, or that's your goal to use that young age and build something for the long term, then this is really a constellation where you're saying, oh, crap, I think we're really losing, you know, we're really falling apart. This isn't working. Um, They said he lost the locker room. But if you saw Goretzka and Kimmich sulking during the week at the interviews and the the, the press conferences that where they obviously were also asked, hey, how do you feel about, um, you know, the Tuchel takeover and the Nagelsmann sacking? That seems very implausible too. Um, Sure, in the locker room, there were probably players that you know didn't play much that aren't necessarily sad that Nagelman, Nagelsmann is going, but the key cocks in that machine are still, I think, very much aware, still very much Nagelsmann, and we're very surprised. Um, so it just makes little sense what they're saying. I think it's just a case of they wanted the shinier thing, not because Borussia Dortmund was looming, but Brazil said himself, they were lucky that a top option was available. But teams like Bayern Munich, they don't wait for luck. They make their luck. They weren't going to sit around, see out the season to appease Julian Nagelsmann, and then maybe see whether in the summer Thomas Tuchel was still available. The question was simply, do we like Thomas Tuchel or not? Everything else was collateral. It wasn't about, oh, do we need to you know, thump down Borussia Dortmund? Do we, you know... Are we not happy with the results? Obviously, that plays into that. But the key question was, hey, do we want that guy or not? And they wanted him. And then even their supposed era-starting, young, dynamic, wonder-boy coach that used to sleep in Bayern sheets and is a self-declared long-time lifer for Bayern, who is still in the running for winning a treble, basically, um, gets kicked. Because Bayern Munich is about winning and it, they're ruthless and it's not that family show that they sometimes portray when it comes to business interests and to the success of the club in cold hard numbers, then Bayern Munich will make cold hard decisions. And that's that. So, yeah. And for the Dortmund thing, yeah. I mean, obviously it's an interesting constellation with... Uh, Tuchel being back playing his former, his last German club, but so much time has passed. It's not like there's really a lot of the personnel that's still around and the ones that are still around. I mean, do you think really Marco Reus is going to be shook because Thomas Tuchel is now there and not Julian Nagelsmann? No. Um, Like the veterans, they could care less. And, you know, it's it's a great opportunity. Um, you, You win this game and you build some momentum and you're really going to, you know, set... An attack in the league, and if you don't, well, you already have a built-in alibi now. 
oh my God, it was just a week. They never had a real practice. Everybody was still out on international break. Yada, yada, yada. I think Bayern's thing is like, okay, F this. I mean, we wanted to win everything, but if we don't, what we really want is to have the best coach possible that we like in the summer break so we can prepare for next season and really attack again. And that's all. And what will it mean to win, lose, or draw against Bayern? Well, clearly we want to win. And we should try to win. And by try, I mean I should, I should actually say we need to want to win. That needs to be the mindset, to go there and win. If we're thinking about tying the game, even though we can live with it, I can live with a tie, then we're going to lose by a lot. That sort of mindset will not work. I personally think and hope we're going to try to bring it, go for a dub. Bayern will not lay down, clearly. But if we, you know, give it our best shot, I think at the end, if the game's tied, we can sort of like write that out for a couple of minutes and live with that. It will set, up, set us up really nicely. If we bring it, good. I mean, there are two teams playing this game. And the one team is 9 for 10. Has grown into a groove over the last couple of weeks. And the other one is a team that just switched, ma switched managers and had like, what, two practice sessions together? And probably still some players missing because they were doing rehab and whatnot. I mean, come on. Who needs to be the unit here to need that can work tightly together and you know assert pressure as a team, not just as an individual? Um, Bayern will try to make a statement, of course. They can use this as an opportunity to cover up their shortcomings, their you know unsatisfying last weeks outside of the Champions League, just like our blue neighbors gave it all in the derby despite being in the bottom of the table. A game like that can give back a lot, can can create momentum, can gloss over things. They will try. But the thing is, we can't let them. We need to aggressively press. We have to have a high focus, a high discipline, and then just keep throwing it at them. If we play to defend, which we cannot, and I, I mean by we, I say Borussia Dortmund cannot defend and sit back, I think we'll be doomed. The best example was Chelsea. Borussia Dortmund is not a club, has never been a club that just, well, okay, I can't speak for that. But over the last 30 years, Dortmund is not the team that parks the bus. I don't need this guys, these guys to, to run forward like crazy chickens and kind of like give up on it. But what I need them to be active, proactive. You cannot sit back. We need to be aggressive. We need to be forward and goal thinking. If we're sitting back with this like, well, you know, we're kind of ahead at the halftime sort of vibe because, well, we are point up for them and we don't need, need to win, it's going to end badly. So let's hope that's not the case. I know Terzic isn't thinking like that. The question is just, can he make that idea stick with the team? I hope he can. Because if we win or if we tie, we will be sitting really, really pretty. We have eight games remaining in the league after that. Five will be at home. 
So we have more home games than away games. Bayern will be the last top team that we play away outside uh, Leipzig in the cup. But that's A, the cup, and that's just a couple of days later. And from there on out, it's relatively smooth sailing in a sense of that the, even the tricky fixtures like, let's say, Frankfurt, Wolfsburg, they're at home, which makes me feel... Union at home. So makes me feel a lot better. Bayern is 4-4. Four and four. That includes um, Leipzig away. Okay. Uh, Leipzig at home, sorry. Uh, at the penultimate match day. And then Cologne away on the final match day. We play at home on the final match day against Mainz. Um, plus, Bayern plays relegation battle teams, which, considering how tight the bottom of the table is right now, is also potentially tricky. And they have at least two more very difficult Champions League games against Manchester City. And City, Champions League quarterfinal, or Hoffenheim at home, Mainz away. I mean, where is the focus going to be? These players, again, have won the league a gazillion times. Champions League, now that's still special. Yes, the league officially is where the bread gets buttered. But for Bayern now, with this mindset and knowing how much they've won domestically, where the bread's really getting buttered now is in Europe. And that can only be an advantage to us. And to be fair, I wouldn't be surprised if Bayern knocks City out. I mean, they look fabulous so far in the Champions League. Tuchel is a great can coach. He won the thing with Chelsea. So I wouldn't be surprised. And, you know, they have a little more time at least to train and practice and get some things together. And then City obviously having a history of finding a manicful ways to choke the league away. So I would not be surprised if they advance to the next round and then have two more heavy-hitting games in the Champions League semifinal. And at that point, you're coming down towards the tail end of the season. You will have to pick your spots. It was a long, long year. A World Cup in the middle. Players and legs will be tired. Where will their ultimate focus be? Where will they really try to make a stand? In, I don't know, who would they play? Real Madrid, Chelsea or something like that? Or um, at Bremen? Yeah, I think it's going to be the European version. Again, they will not lay down and let the league go that easily, as they shouldn't. But at some point, they will have to make some hard choices. And I think that can only benefit us because that choice was already made for us, unfortunately. Um, no more European games for this season. But that means full focus and full steam ahead on the league. Now, the only option that I haven't discussed yet is, should we lose this game? What happens then? Well, to be fair, eight more games, 24 more points. We would be two points behind. That's not the end of the world, but it would drastically, I think, change the the... That environment, the, the vibe, the atmosphere around the club. Right now, if we win or tie, I feel very confident that this will be our year. For the reasons I just laid out. If we lose, again, it's not over. But it's basically back to praying for a slip-up, which historically over the last decade hasn't really worked that well. To quote Dortmund great Adi Preisler, all theory is gray, and the truth is out there on the pitch.
So on that note, let the game begin and Borussia win. Thank you for tuning in to Believe in Borussia presented by Bet Online. If you like this episode, please, you know, feel free to follow us or check out some of our older content. We have great interviews, historical bits about the club, still as relevant as ever. So stoop around, get ready for the big game and we will hear you soon um, with most likely a review of things happening and um, yeah, a big week ahead with the cup game and union at home. So until the next time, a black and yellow shout out across America and a special shout out to all the fans that are going to watch and go support Borussia Dortmund in their local footy hole bar. Big props to um, Brooklyn Borussia in New York, obviously Los Angeles, San Francisco, Atlanta, Indiana, Boston, uh, DC, Baltimore, wherever you're watching. And of course, St. Louis. If you're in the St. Louis area, Borussia Dortmund has a couple of surprises up their sleeve. That fan club is amazing as well. So big props to those guys. And I hope, I hope the team will not let us down and we'll have a celebrating way into Sunday. So again, one final black and yellow shout out across America. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.